Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast. We in Outshine. Bitcoins, we got them. Acquire, never sell. But catch us rolling deep like a Dell. Bitcoin, blockchains, cryptocurrency. Three guys faded talking Bitcoin, no fee. That's the free Bitcoin podcast, insane. And adoption is still the only thing, thing, thing that matters, man. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Bitcoin podcast episode number 128. I'm your first host, Marcello. And I'm your host number two, Dimitrik. And hey, how goes it? I'm Ken Bozak, uh, guest host. That's right. We brought yeah. Ken in today. Yeah, yeah. We brought Ken in today. Thanks because, for having me, guys. Hey, man. Anytime. Anytime. You're part of the show. And um, as part of the show, you can substitute for any of us at any time, especially times like now when Corey is drunk somewhere. Where? Where is he drunk? We don't know. But he's drunk somewhere. No, I'm kidding. He, he's on vacation. He needed he needed a breather from work. He's always at work, crunching numbers, crunching numbers, read science, doing science. And he was like, you know what? Taking a taking a break. So, anyways, all, how you guys doing? All good, man. I'm doing lovely, and my my bro Ken here is super excited about Litecoin this week. So that makes me happy. Yeah, Litecoin's uh, Litecoin's exciting. I'm excited for low transfer fees and fast transaction confirmations. That got me hella excited. So yeah, I'm with you on that. I would like for you to tell the story you began to tell us yesterday, Ken. And you were like, uh, you you started out like it got real colorful instantaneously. You were like, man, Bitcoin and these fees. Well, this yeah, is some BS. Oh my god, I don't know, man. Like. So I went to send somebody some Bitcoin and I realized it costs like a dollar to send like $5 in Bitcoin. I was like, there's no way that's right. That ain't right. That didn't feel right. And then I was like, all right, well, the next time I send somebody something, I'm going to use a different cryptocurrencies just to see what's going on. So I tried Litecoin and it was a little bit more than the transaction I did with Bitcoin. And it was like a penny to send the transaction in Litecoin as opposed to a dollar to send the transaction in Bitcoin. And the Litecoin confirmation was like minutes. The Bitcoin confirmation was about an hour. Mm. Yeah, so I was like, what the heck, man? Like, there's people there's people that are trying to use Bitcoin to escape problems, like, you know, and, and they don't have much, and they're trying to maybe send a dollar or two dollars, and they don't have that dollar for every transaction, like in Venezuela and, and other situations where people are using it for daily you know, currency. And I just don't like that. Bitcoin's, I don't know, killing itself with these fees, man. People can't use it if it costs too much and it's cost too much right now. So, so then uh, get into where the community thinks things could go, where Bitcoin ultimately becomes this, dare I say it, yeah, a settlement network where it settles large clumps of transactions or it settles, very, very large transactions like a house, a house worth of Bitcoin would be a very large transaction. So paying a $1 fee to transact the value of a house, not so bad. Paying a $1 fee to buy a 50 cent piece of bubble gum, kind of bad, right? Is not at all. And, and I, I like the idea of Bitcoin being more solid you know, than the altcoins that, you know, you could use in the instance, like the volatility in Litecoin or other coins are a little bit more than Bitcoin. So you could hold your value in Bitcoin. And if you wanted to send somebody some other, you know, any amount of money, you could just say, all right, I'll take my Bitcoin, turn it into Litecoin, send you some Litecoin, and it's still cheaper than sending you the Bitcoin. And if you wanted to send me some Litecoin to pay for something, maybe I'll just cash that Litecoin into Bitcoin because I don't plan on spending it for a while. Yeah, it's a lot of work though for a consumer. Cello, do you, would you would would you be down with doing all of that just to use money? Yeah, I don't know if you can tell by the picture, but I'm, I'm incapacitated for a couple minutes. <laughs> I did. I wasn't looking at the picture. My bad. I was looking at another screen. Now I see it. 
We should just let Ophelia let it rip for a second. Let's ask Ophelia what she thinks about Bitcoin and this debate. Ophelia, what do you think about the debate? Exactly. That's, she's with me, 100%. Yeah. She sounds just like Roger Ver, actually. Just like Roger Ver. So, <laughs> anyways. Um, so, Marcello's incapacitated. We can go for this, Ken. So, are you willing to do those many steps every time you just need some crypto? Is that what you're telling me? Uh, no, but I mean, crypto has its purpose. So every time I want to send currency across country or something, yeah, that's still more convenient than the standard current system. So, but I mean, not if I wanted to just send somebody that lives down the street some money, I might not do all those steps. I might just find a way to, to mm. come get you physically. Yeah. Or like keep a little bit in each type of currency. Send what, send what you need, that's, just yeah. as long as the value is understood. Yeah, that's what I'm doing, too. I'm, I'm actually doing that more now than I was before because of all these transaction fees and trying to send people funds back and forth. So here's another question we can try and speculate on. If Bitcoin gets seg SegWit activated, um, it reaches that dreaded 95% consensus and it gets that activation. What's the point of Litecoin, then? They keep being the guinea pig. <laughs> keep being the, the, guinea next, pig? the next experiment. That's the point of Litecoin. So once Bitcoin gets SegWit, Lightning Network or whatever, whatever's the next step, Litecoin can dip its toe into it first again and, and get its time oh, yeah. to shine in the spotlight yet again. And then Bitcoin can come in and, you know, take the uh take that safety. So the Bitcoin just so Litecoin becomes a really expensive experiment. It's an experiment within experiment. I experiment like experiment within experiment. Experiment inception is what we're doing here in the crypto community nowadays. Well, isn't that what Charlie Lee was saying? You know, was hopefully you know one of the results of this. You know, hopefully it does work out for Litecoin, and hopefully Bitcoin sees that, and that's where it goes. Yeah, I don't think I any think of that this will uh, be obsolete though. They'll all have their purpose in a sense. Is I mean, as long as the miners mine and the users are there to use it. I think we're living in a pretty beautiful time, and I like how history rhymes. Some would say it repeats itself, but I don't know if it's that accurate. I think that there was once very powerful private currencies that existed on the planet. People used them for all kinds of stuff, and they did commerce, and they did it well. And I think now is just another time for a reemergence of that. Private currencies outside of the generation of the um, governments. Like governments don't really have control over them. Um, they can govern their own currency. They can govern the bridges between this currency um, and their currency. But if it comes to there being earnest, viable commerce that can take place on a global stage with a private currency, then we've just kind of rhymed with history. So I don't think it ever happened globally back then, way back in the days. Um, probably didn't because they barely even had like boats. But <laughs> private currency was a thing once, so now it's just the time to give it a second go around, but on a global stage. So, I don't know, I think it's interesting times. I'm, I'm actually just looking forward to the Lightning Network working for Litecoin. And I saw some glimpses of it this week. Did you see those videos? The 100 Me, no, tractions in 10 off. seconds? Oh, no, man. No, what? That is amazing. Yeah, there was a video that came up, and it was 100 transactions in 10 seconds, good to go. And that's what happens when you have, basically, if you open up a transaction channel, you have a theoretical high of infinity on the number of transactions that can take place, right? So I can open up a channel with you, and if me and you know each other, we could do business that way, then we can send as many transactions as we want, as fast as we want, and then at certain times, we can just ping it to the Bitcoin network, or in this case, the Litecoin network, right? So say you're a storefront and you want to open up a transaction channel to all the customers. Well, you can have as many transactions as you want take place in that transaction channel. And then when you want to ping it to the Lightning network, then that is what solidifies all of those transactions. Ooh, wow. Yeah, so that's basically what the Lightning Network does. That's How why everyone's so excited about it. How you double spending, though? That's a lot of trust. Uh, that's a great question. I wish I had my Corey back up on this one. 
Because we've discussed I always this on have previous shows. Questions. <laughs> it's like it's like I always have like there's one, <laughs> you know, there's a problem, man. Like <laughs> we just we discussed this on a previous show once we got into it. Let's see if I can dig into my memory banks here. Um, I want to say it, it prevents the double spending because it kind of like you you tell the amount of Litecoin you're going to add to the to the to the transaction channel beforehand. So it knows how much is left the Litecoin main chain, I guess you could call it. Okay. And then so you're just going back and forth into that transaction channel. And so, you know what? I'm going to recant all that. And I'm going to challenge one of our listeners to present us with the information as to how the Lightning Network prevents double spending. Because I know that it does. and We've discussed it at length. I just can't recall on the top of my head. Um, but yo, given yo, no baby. <laughs> yeah, what up, bro? What up, man? I got something. I, I got something to say oh, about the Lightning Network, man. Okay, it, it sounds drop like, it in. Sounds like things are not getting easier to use. Everything is just getting more and more complex. <clears throat> I don't want to use you know tens of different wallets of tools just to pay for stuff. I want one easy to use wallet, and I want every other user to do the same. Because it's 2017, and we can still start explaining to our friends and family how to use a wallet for everyday use. So unless all this gets integrated into one easy-to-use uh, wallet, then it's not really a step, you know, towards mainstream adoption. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's actually a strong point. It's actually just a step towards us geek being able to geek out harder on our own geeky things, right? Yeah, but uh, what about Dash? Don't they. That's what they're promising, right? If they're gonna bring the ease of of use of PayPal all in like one easy to use light client wallet, blah blah blah, that works on all platforms alike. Um, if Dash can deliver that, you know, then I can start telling people how to use crypto. You know, isn't that what Ethereum's trying to do, though? Ethereum's trying to bring uh, yeah, everything a couple together. People are trying to do it. You know, I mean, made sending Bitcoin and money and all that really easy. Used to circle pay. That was a really easy way to explain sending money around. You know what I mean? Before they took it back, you know, step back from the cryptocurrency forefront. Yeah. I think, but that's one of the very beginning stages of the Litecoin, though. I mean, not Litecoin, Lightning Network, though, Chella. Like going up into a store and showing them how to open up a transaction channel, that's probably pretty, pretty tough right now. It'd be like showing someone how to open Doom on MS-DOS that's like six years old. Like, it'd be a tough sell. That's a tough sell. But I, I, I do believe that if it does proliferate as something that's very functional and adds a lot of value to the network, then there's going to be people that build clients that make it easy. Hey, storefront, you want to open up a transaction channel? It's like having your own little Visa point-of-sale system. Here's a program. Click that button. Kaboom, you're open. When you're done with your transactions for the day, you click that button again, boom, all the transactions go to the network. Yeah. And then don't I mean, forget, um, the Lightning Network is not free. No, it is not. But if you're suspending your Litecoin to make transfers in a Litecoin transaction channel, then you're actually getting a little bit. You're actually making money off of your suspended Litecoin. Mm-hmm. It's very fancy stuff. That's that's a very technical fancy term, money. by the way. Fancy technical, nerd money. <laughs> yeah, fancy stuff is what we're dealing with. That's actually what what I say when I go about explaining this to people. Like, so what is Bitcoin? I very I start with it's really fancy shit. <laughs> and I, you know what like, else is fancy, what? man? Late on me. Athena Bitcoin. Oh, your surprise was not very surprising this time. <laughs> I knew it was coming. Uh, people well, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to be rude and cut someone's train of thought off. So I kind of, kind of prep it. But we got some new swag this week from them, and uh, they re up, so they're going to stick around and be a sponsor for a while. So I got to tell you about them. Yeah, tell tell the audience like what they do. Well, they just happen to be the most trusted name in Bitcoin ATMs. Uh, our 
most trusted name in Bitcoin ATMs. They're located in uh, Houston, Fort Worth, Dallas, uh, about 10 other U.S. cities. Uh, so download that Athena Bitcoin wallet on the App Store or Google Play and for specific locations and more information so you can use that ATM, go to athenabitcoin.com. And we're also brought to you by Athena Bitcoin's portfolio company, bitquick.co, which is the secure, quick, and easy peer-to-peer Bitcoin marketplace where you, hey, Ken, you can get Bitcoin for cash in as little as three hours. Uh, they've been serving Bitcoiners for a long ass time. So where there's a bank, there's Bitquick. And then something I wanted to mention by the good people at Athena Bitcoin that Ken knows about is uh, they've been seeing this massive Bitcoin inflow purchase into two uh, multi-level marketing Ponzi schemes that is targeting Hispanics. Um and it's called Gladia Coin. And if you go to their Reddit, it's all like double your Bitcoin in 90 days or less with Gladia Coin and watch your money make itself or, you know, double your Bitcoin in 90 days. Like that's all it is. And apparently Hispanics are falling for it. I don't know what's up with that. But um, people are sending hundreds of millions of dollars to this thing. So. What are, your, what are you guys' theories? It could be a major contributing factor to the price run up in the last eight weeks. Have you seen it though? Have you like looked at what people were looking at when they fell for the scam? It Not looks pretty close. convincing. It looks Does pretty it? convincing. It was like only send once to avoid scam or fraud. So like it's like only send one trans you get one shot at this type deal. And I don't know. It was like send a small transact, nothing too big, you know, don't go crazy. I don't know. It felt like they tried to make it seem legit. So I was like, wow. I feel like okay. I feel like if you just tried just a little hard, you can come up with some sort of scam to get just thousands of people in on it. Like, I feel like that's really easy. I think that's why that term snake oil is so powerful because people really thought that snake oil would do things for your body or cure illnesses or make you feel better or more energetic. I think it's just, you try just hard enough. You could like sell people a bag of grass. You know, Bitcoin's still, Bitcoin's still a baby. So we're looking at, you know, what happened with email and the whole Nigerian prince, send me a thousand dollars. I'll send you a million scenario 2.0. How much did you guys send them? I sent them like 10 bucks. Really? really? No, I did not send anything. Mm. Cello, did you send the, the king? Um, no, but here's a picture for you. After you sent, after you sent that guy, um, $10, that's what he looked like as soon as he got your transaction. Where's the picture? Where'd you send it? It's in the Slack and it is a picture of Vin Diesel. (laughs) You got your money, sir. That's Vin Diesel in Boiler Room. That's not the Nigerian <laughs> king. He got me for my $10. Son of a bitch. <laughs> wasn't Boiler Room his first movie? No, Saving Private Ryan was his first movie, wasn't it? Yep. He was wow. lying in the river. He went from Saving Private Ryan to where he is now. The and like, It seems like a blink of an eye. You know, yeah, I think it's because he's as jacked as uh, he does now. I think it's because he's a mulatto I a, individual. I have a thought, though. I, I really hate to get off topic, but do you guys remember the first Fast and Furious movie? Yeah, yeah it's one of the greatest movies of all time. Yeah, yeah. Any, I mean, a, well, you remember Oscar. how hard of a time they had robbing that semi truck driver of his goods? Yeah, it was very tough for them. But now, like, there's tanks and, like, satellites and, and, like, they're just blowing shit up. But in the first movie, they couldn't even rob a semi-truck. Well, Cello, it's been 15 years. They've built up so many skills since then. <laughs> I mean, let's think about the skill sets that they have now. <laughs> right? In the very first movie, all they, knew, all they knew how to do was drive fast. All right? <laughs> By the third movie, they knew how to drive fast and use computers at the same time. All right, so let's, oh, right. Make, that, let's right. make that exponential. By the time we get to where we are now, they could probably craft a space shuttle in a little under three weeks. In a little under three weeks. And they're a family now. And they're a the family. Next, the next Fast and Furious is in space. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Family. I mean, they're, a, they're a family now, so they can do anything. Dude, that's the best Vin Diesel impression I think I've – hold on. Let me see if I can do that again. Family. We're, we're a Family. family. 
if you go up to anybody on the street and say that, I guarantee you they're going to be like, oh, yeah, Vin Diesel. That's a good impression. Family. All right. That was way off topic. Okay, sorry. That was a shower <laughs> thought. Sorry. Shout out to Vin Diesel. Yeah. If we get a new intro, it should just be Vin Diesel saying they're family at the Bitcoin podcast. First, we got to find the money to pay Vin Diesel because apparently makes like $5 million to say, I am Groot. So, mm. I'm Groot. Wow. I am Groot. Yeah, but he says it like nobody else could have said it. So I'm pretty sure I just said it like he can say it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, hey, another shower thought. And I swear to God, we're going to get back on topic. But why do kids movies like I was watching Secret Life of Pets with my daughter and like the main cat is voiced by Louis C.K. and like Kevin Hart. And I'm like, kids don't care. That Louis C.K. is voicing the cat. Why did they spend eight million dollars on him doing that? Why don't they just get people off the street? Get because they're trying there. to relate to you and me. Because I let me tell you something I don't want to do is that's go see pets. But if I go see pets and I'm kind of <laughs> angry, but my kids there and they're having a good time because it's like, man, there were a lot of other good movies that would appeal to me. But I have a child, so I have to appeal to my child. But then you hear Louis C.K. in a comfortable voice. You're like, oh, okay, they got Louis C.K. in here. This is cool. It's a comedic cat. Oh, I don't feel so angry now that I spent all this money to watch something that I didn't want to watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not like Kazan's or my five year old's going to be like, man, I really, really wish Bill Hader would have voiced the cat instead of <laughs> Louis C.K. I don't like this movie. They use Will Ferrell for the rat. Oh, good job. <laughs> <laughs> now they're just right, typecasting. Man. Yeah, we got way off topic. Massive okay, off topic. Okay, Ken. Right, so no more shower thoughts. I think while we were off topic, I multitasked and I look a little bit about the Lightning Network. I cheated. Um, so the reason that you cannot double spend is because it's basically like embedded Bitcoin transactions. If that makes any sense, right? You can't double spend in the Bitcoin network because the Bitcoin network knows once you send an output, it's left your total amount of Bitcoin and you oh, can't okay. send that same output again, right? Yep. Makes sense. It's the same thing on a transaction channel. Same exact thing. That's why you can just lose cryptocurrency into the ether. It doesn't have to arrive anywhere. It's still gone. Yeah, that's pretty much what happens. Yep. And so on the Bitcoin blockchain, all it sees is one output for the transaction channel. So that's how you're allowed to send, you know, as many transactions as you want, however fast you want. In the Lightning Networker, in the Lightning Network, so Lightning's so cool. Yeah, I mean, I would love for all these things to take place. I think the miners are scared that the Lightning Network is going to take away from, um, you know, their their revenue, though. And you and you would be because as a miner, your life is simple, right? Transactions come in, take the ones with the highest fees, and just push them through. But now all of a sudden, you've got a smaller number of transactions coming in, but you're still mining blocks. Let's try and think this through. Let's get let's, let's think this through. So you've got a smaller number of transactions coming in. Those transactions are lightning transactions. So there's an at infinitum number of transactions taking place in there. So by the time those transaction channels actually close, you're going to get just, there's just going to be massive chunks of, of Bitcoin fees that you get to mine for. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I'm following. So is that either going to make mining super duper competitive or is that going to end up centralized mining? That's what, that's, that's what, that's the, that's the thought exercise. I think that needs to take place. There's gotta be video footage out there of it. If I, I were a miner, would I be upset? To pop up? I think it would incentivize more to start mining. Why don't we just govern it? Why why don't we just govern the um the the closing of the channels? You know what I mean? Like the channels close every six hours or something like that. Or or something like that. That so we can start to have actual stratified data that we could look at. Like if we governed it from the jump and we say that lightning channel transactions close every 12 hours, then that would mean we'd see these data chunks pop up on the blockchain every 12 hours, and we would then be able to, you know, actually analyze what's happening.
I don't know, D. I think it's a pretty cool idea. I mean, it, it seems like it could work. I mean, if we get all this data coming in. Thanks, guys. Thanks for <laughs> It's a little technical for me. Well, <laughs> wouldn't it require, like, locking up enough funds and, like, enough well-connected channels to make that work? Because the whole routing or even addressing specification is still up for debate. What do you mean? Uh, well, Adam Beck was talking about like the Lightning Network, like the proponents are in favor of like an eventual block size increase. So, I mean, we're going to need a block size increase at some point in time. That's just a given. Yeah. I just want smaller fees. Whatever gets us. <laughs> Fighting the good fight, Ken. Look, I don't give a what, what, damn what happens. What'd you say, Trello? Go ahead. What'd you say? I was saying we're getting real technical right here. Um, not as technical as we would be if Dr. Petty yeah. were in here. If he weren't someone, Corey. I know exactly what he's doing. Actually, audience, would you like to know, Corey? I mean, Ken. I want to know. I want to know. Tell me. Shh, I won't tell. This dude is doing jujitsu in the mountains of Michigan. Like a John claude Van Damme movie. Oh. <laughs> so if he's ever kidnapped and locked in a grave, he can one-inch punch himself out. Exactly. So not only does he know chemical physics and has a PhD in like computational chemistry, but he can one-inch punch himself out of a grave. That is Dr. Petty. That is our third host, Dr. Petty. Out there doing the Kill Bill. I shit you not. The dude is doing... I, I sent him a message earlier. He's like, hey, you going to make it to the recording tonight today? And he goes, I'm actually doing jujitsu right now. I'll get back to you. And I was like, what? Who just randomly is doing jujitsu on a fucking Saturday <laughs> afternoon? Like, for real. <laughs> what the fuck? He was like, I got to go get professionally beat up. Yeah. And then it made me think even further. Like, okay, does he have someone in a grapple while he's texting me back? <laughs> I want a nah. picture of that. Yeah, but you know what? He doesn't like motivate me to do better. Like I had a grilled cheese and took a nap today, and I'm perfectly fine with that. <laughs> That's because you didn't hear the montage music that he's using. I'm pretty sure if you heard the montage music he's using, you'd be motivated. Was it "Take on Me"? That's not montage music. That's could high be. school prom music. <laughs> you say it could be. I'm gonna try to could work be. out to that. I'm trying to work out to that. Ken, you work out, right? You go to the gym. <laughs> That'll be your best workout. I actually ever. hit the gym every day, guys. I go every day. So can we do the take on me? Whoever hits the high note gets uh, 0.001 Bitcoin. Who basically gets a transaction fee. <laughs> can anybody hit the Bitcoin, high note? Dude. Let's have a take on me high note off right now. All right, well, just give me a, right. give me something I'm going on. Give me a template. I'll you say go first. I'll start this off. In a day or two. All right, that's mine. Your turn, cello. Whoa. That broke a man that you stole me. the part I was gonna sing. <laughs> that's the high note. That's the old. There's only one take on me high note in the whole song. Know, all right, your turn. Well, thanks to you, thanks thanks to YouTube, there is a take on me screwed and chopped version, which will only elevate your workouts in the future. Oh my God, really? Take, take. Oh, multiple, multiple. Somebody <laughs> screwed and chopped take on me. Oh <laughs> there is, there is. I bet there's a million nine, plus views. Yeah, there are nine screwed and chopped take on me by different djs on youtube okay i'm gonna need the link to what you're looking at because i will be exploring that <laughs> later for my montage okay <laughs> gonna be so jim that's, that's the outro music oh yes that's happening okay so <laughs> i'm so i got so excited i can't wait um all right so <laughs> i wish they could see your face right now <laughs> wait, we gotta start doing video so they can see our faces we have faces Speaking yeah. of faces and video, um, me and Marcello did a thing with our faces on my YouTube channel, which just hit 1K subscribers. Nice, man. Well, tell tell everyone who hasn't listened what that was about and why you chose to do it and why you guys talked that night. 
Uh, well, yeah, I wanted to pick the brain of the man behind the Bitcoin podcast and, uh, you know, get a perspective of somebody on, you know, podcasting in Bitcoin space because that in its own is pretty damn, you know, unique. You know, there's not, there are some Bitcoin podcasts, but, you know, that is it's within its own thing. So I wanted to see what that was about. And uh, if they want to check out some behind the scenes Bitcoin podcast stuffs, they should check out that interview I did with Marcello on my YouTube channel. And that's uh, youtube.com slash my name, uh, Ken Bozak, K-E-N-N-B-O-S-A-K. Did I, yeah. did I disappoint? Was I a good guest? No, man. Awesome. It was awesome. I got a lot of feedback from uh, the comments and a lot of people messaged me on Facebook about it. And um, I think you've seen some people popping in the Slack, you know, saying that they just found us. So, I mean, it's it's uh, been really good. Yeah. Right. You know, it's crazy, Cello, is we're coming up on having done this for two solid years. And we still get people who are like, hey, I just found your show. Like, holy crap, there's so much of your show. And we're like, yeah, we've been doing this a while, man. That's it. Go out, get yeah, out. I think people people find our show like because they're just getting into Bitcoin and they just want to research whatever supplemental information they can, and then they come across us. Yeah. That's how I feel. You know, I don't think there's any like, yeah, I don't think there's any non-Bitcoiners that listen to us for entertainment. That'd be weird. Imogen Heap listens to us every night, and so is Zoe Saldana. They both do. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd like. I like the heap in that image, and you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> no. Right. Or is it? I'd like to image in that heap. Yeah. <laughs> you can basically do that with any girl, you know. Like, say their first name. I'd like to. I'd like to uh, Zoe Hersaldania. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> We're getting off task, man. We stay off task when Corey is not around. Like we barely talk about Bitcoin, but let's get back into some cryptocurrency stuff, right? So, all right. So, um, I don't know. Uh, maybe this is too technical, but I was wondering what you thought of like you're covering more Litecoin, Segwit, Lightning Network, um, cross blockchain communications. That's within all this, right? You mean chain interoperability? That's a big word, but that one, yeah. Um, I'm going to throw out a question mark on that one. We were supposed to do this massive like show about chain interoperability, but things got busy for us. Ooh, um, I'm excited. <sighs> Sidechains, right? That's where we're going to. Sidechains are a bit confusing for me at this point in time. I've studied them once. Then I got really like my brain exploded. But basically like you peg down one token on a chain and it goes into the other chain to do things, fancy things. And then it comes back to the original chain having done the fancy things. And I really like to keep things Dr. Susie when I'm trying to like understand something off the bat. Uh, to me, that's weird because it starts playing with the fungibility of, of coins and tokens, right? Like if I have a token suspended on the Bitcoin blockchain and it's on the Ethereum blockchain, doing all sorts of fancy smart contracts and freaking autonomous organizations and distributed circle jerks. And then it comes back to the Bitcoin blockchain and it's done all those things. But on the Ethereum blockchain had so much astronomical value from doing all those things. That value doesn't just transfer back to the Bitcoin network. Right. So fungibility becomes a thing that is like eh, when it comes to side chains. So I, I'm interested to know who the big brains are. And if you guys know who they are, we can get them on the show. Probably not Blockstream. But I don't know, Cello, what do you think about side chains? Like the idea of like having one giant, massive interlocking network of different networks doing things for each other. Marcello is intermission at the moment. He will be back oh. after these messages. I gotta Dude. put my freaking video up. I never am looking at you guys. Oh, he fell off the call. Okay. No, um, he just had to uh, run to the lavatory. Oh, I guess he had to do some baby stuff. It's all good. Well, when it comes to chain interoperability, kid, um, one that's very new. Um, a lot of people think they're they're working on side chains and doing a great job it seems like vaporware at the moment but that's probably only because nobody's publicizing it we've had a few people on the show 
that do side that work with side chains, but that would be my only question. If I if I had to talk with somebody from Blockstream or talk with somebody who was working on a project that was trying to build out the infrastructure for side chains, I would say, how are you fungibility? Or is it fungibility? I'm pretty sure it's fungibility, but how are you conquering that? Do you know what I mean by fungibility? What's up, guys? Is everybody we're all on the same page with fungibility? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's that's where things get dicey. And I'm not talking about the good dicing, like Parmesan cheese. So now I'm hungry. Chell's got babies coming. <laughs> now, now I'm starving. Thank you. So Chell's incapacitated again. Ophelia has dominated his microphone. Um, so there's something else I want to talk about, Bitcoin community, while you guys are listening. And that is what I want to talk. It is there's two things that go with this. All right. There is data, personal data responsibility and personal data onus and not being gullible as shit with all the scams that are about to take place in cryptocurrency. Right? So what I want to say is, if you're listening to the show, cryptocurrency is a very new thing for humanity. And anytime humanity gets a very new thing, there's also a small group of humans that are like, oh, I can use this to scam a bunch of fucking people. That's what I'm going to do, too. I'm going to scam the hell out of them. I'm pretty sure that there was somebody in the mid-70s that was selling microwave radiation lotion. I could see it in my mind right now. Somebody walking the neighborhood saying, did you know that your microwave is emitting uh, microwaves that are giving your dogs and babies cancer? If you use my lotion, you're going to block those microwaves and you're going to be okay. So there's a lot of grimy-ass humans out there. And just... Just mind your P's and Q's, cross your T's, dot your I's, put the dash in your Z's. When it comes to, if anyone's asking you to send money to something, that's sketch as fuck from the jump. Am I right or am I wrong about that, guys? Yeah, and I would say use your gut because it's telling you something very useful that you can't extract on your own. Yeah. Samurai knowledge from Samurai Cello off the bat. Use your gut. If it's getting bubbly, don't send the money. Again, have you? Do you have any advice to add to this? Like some wisdom to add to these? There's some yes, scams going on. Investigate, investigate before you do anything. See if you know anybody who's been involved and had success with it first. Don't mm-hmm. just start throwing money out of your car and hope you know you're going to be rich. It's not how it works. That's backwards. You know what I mean? So if you see something that says send Bitcoin here and we'll double oh. it, maybe reach out to the community, ask the community and wait for feedback first. You know, take take that step. Yeah. And let me tell you something. Your second host, Dimitric, has been got by a scam. I don't know if you guys have been in the game long enough to know, but there was a thing called Neo and B. It was back in 2014, and it was supposed to be the world's very first Bitcoin bank, and it was legit as fuck looking. They had a commercial. It was like three minutes long. They had people that they interviewed, like, oh, yeah, like Neo and B, I'm so excited about Neo and B. It was supposed to be in Greece, so I really thought that made sense because Greece was just coming off of that crazy shit um, where they had that banking... um, collapse pretty much so i was like oh this is great this is the newest thing and um i thought it was legit then they even posted pictures of a fake neo and b like grand opening of the actual banking site which just ended up being them going into an actual bank taking very good pictures and then going to a building and putting up a fake neo and b sign it was crazy and then they they opened up you could buy shares in Neo and B by sending your Bitcoin to like some random ass shit that was like registered in Brazil. And I was like, cool, this isn't scammy at all. I'm gonna buy a bunch of shares of this bank and I'm gonna let it rip. And 
I got, I got, I bought a bunch of shares. They went up and I was like, oh, this is happening. This is a real bank. And what ended up happening is the guy who made Neon B, um, I think he's still alive, by the way. He has not been murdered yet. <laughs> uh, James you said that Brewster. with so much distaste. <laughs> uh, I didn't lose that much Bitcoin, but a lot of people lost a lot of Bitcoin. His name was uh, J- Brewster, like James Brewster or something like that. And he skirted off with everyone's Bitcoin. And he was like, thanks. That was a really, really elaborate scheme. And you guys fell for it. And so as someone who has fallen for it, even to the point where Corey was like, "Ah, I'll buy $80 worth of Neo and B shares. Like, that's just be careful is all I'm saying. And, and, And now when, you know, there's this blockchain craze, Bitcoin craze. All coin craze. All coin craze. Do your research. If if you meet somebody in the street and they're like, hey, if you send me half a Bitcoin, I'll turn it into 35 Bitcoin by next week. You say, that's fucking false. You're an asshole. (laughs) Right. So just wanted, that was like a long public service announcement. (laughs) I think I feel you agrees. That was a very long public service announcement. Um, so, was there anything else we want to talk about? We want to talk about scams. We want to talk about lightning, Litecoin and Lightning as much as we possibly could. Um, what else? Think what's on the docket, Cello? Um, Can you say anything or is Ophelia still there while? Let me see. Oh, yeah, he's, he's gone. <laughs> he has left. Um, um, uh, you know what? Treasure is giving me a free wallet if I can get a thousand retweets, <laughs> which is ridiculously high. If anybody wants to go to my Twitter page Are and you do that, I mean, dang, sneaking that's the, like a really high bar. <laughs> sneaking the plugs in, Ken. Sneak the plug in. They should send you some chicken nuggets, too. Yeah. I don't I want, care for oh God, that's the second food. Th- I'm so hungry now. I also, I, I think nuggets. I, I want to be that guy that just goes get some chicken nuggets and then sends them to you in the mail. Ken, it's like, a, are you still hungry? Eat these <laughs> five day old. He, he I'm gonna start. You no, know, of all time. What's up, Jello? What you say, Jello? Does he hear me? Can Cello hear me? Yeah, you want to talk about Esco My Bits? No, I want to know what you just said. What is that? <laughs> who has the most popular oh, tweet of oh, all and time? I said the, uh, the Wendy's Nuggets guy who wanted to get retweets. He has now the number one tweet. Wow. What? That's ridiculous. Oh, man, I think he got 95 is... million. The world, man. The fucking world. I hope he 95 million retweets. More than just Nuggets. Anyways. No, uh, he is just Nuggets. I need to talk about Pretty some Marvel's Capcom 2. So let's get in that Escrow My Bits ad. All right, let me take you for a ride. EscrowMyBits.com, man. The, um, they're very near and dear to my heart. It's fast. It's super easy. It's and furious. It takes, it's furious. <laughs> uh, everyone at Escrow My Bits is family. No, you just... You, family. You, <laughs> that was a good one. Have, yeah, can we have sound bites? I mean, Button, it was like family. We're not to that point yet. We need a studio. We need to. Yeah, I'm gonna build a sound bite keyboard. We need like the. Yeah, we need like a weenie in the butt morning show. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> can I be the soundboard guy? I yeah. want that job so bad. <laughs> That's exclusively my job now. I'll do that. Let's do it. Family. Okay. okay, escrow my bits. All you gotta do is register and deposit your Bitcoin. Family ships the item. Buyer <laughs> checks the goods and releases the funds. And they're also gonna offer Bitcoin escrow with a locked exchange rate. So no matter where you are in the world, uh, you can use this program or uh, this escrow. One um, percent on all escrow transaction. That's all they're gonna charge you. But they even offer you the ability to split the fee with the other party. So they really thought of everything. Their goal is to make use of escrow as simple as possible, and we want there no longer to be any excuses on why not to use escrow. So start that process. Go to the website, 
sign up for that newsletter and stay up to date where you can escrow your shit with escrow my bits dot com yeah yeah family family right. <laughs> yeah you laugh every time I say it that's not gonna get old it's not gonna get old it's so funny sorry <laughs> all right before you go into the last ad I want to build it up because we, I had a moment this week. I was talking with an old friend from high school. He was one of the few people. I say a lot of stuff on Facebook that's mostly just Bitcoin stuff. Um, I pretty much alienated myself. And the very few friends that, that kind of thought Bitcoin was legitimate, I talked to them. Everyone else pretty much ignores me. But this this guy was like, so this price action is crazy. And I was like, yeah, I mean, it's crazy if you don't see it as normal for Bitcoin, but I can see that. And he's like, where do you see this thing going? Like this Ethereum, I was reading about Ethereum. It seems so crazy. Like, can they really disintermediate like these really entrenched uh, middlemen, these intermediaries that, that, that handle all this stuff that, you know, there's these really defined industries that existed for a very long time. And like, I saw this stock market thing, where somebody was building a tool to, in Japan, they're building a tool to where if you deposit your Bitcoin, you can actually make interest off of it. And he's like, that just kind of just like usurps a whole other financial service that was there. And he's like, can this happen? And I was like, yes, it can happen. There's actually people building blockchains to disintermediate, disintermediate like the securities industry. You should check out equibits.org and then he looked into it and he was like how do I buy it and so Cello is going to tell you guys about equibit.org right now hopefully when he knows that I have asked him to tell everyone about Equibit (laughs) (laughs) he's going to do it I swear he's going to do it this is going to be the rawest episode of ever Cello, tell them about Equibit. Let me tell. My internet's messing up. Let me tell you about (laughs) Equibit right now. Right now, this second. EDC stands for Equibit Development Corporation. They are building several applications that are decentralizing the securities industry. And I know you're thinking that it sounds boring, but it's not because the securities industry is like the banking industry. It's filled with centralized intermediaries that clear and settle transactions. They handle shareholder communications and other labor-intensive work. So these expensive tasks can now be replaced with peer-to-peer technologies that bring the cost of performance work dramatically down. So issuing companies, dealers, investors, you're all going to benefit significantly from cutting away this part of their overhead. So for that main initiative, go to equibit.org. That's E-Q-U-I-B-I-T.org. Sign up for that newsletter and stay tuned for their second ICO. New details are coming soon. Family. At Equibit.org. I'm not going to say it. I've said it too many times. Okay. Family. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, this has been a while, man. Let's wrap this up. We didn't have a guest this week, um, but we have a lot of guests coming out, rolling out this month for you guys. So thanks for listening this week. Yep. Um, you know, we've, um, yeah, we, we, we kind of hit a spot where we have a lot of guests rolling out at the tail end of the month. Um, so you're going to be getting a lot of content here at the tail end of the month. There's going to be a few episodes of On Ramping with D. Um, there's going to be like four or five episodes of Block Channel rolling out. Um, Should I spoil it? Don't spoil anything. And right. we we have some good stuff for you coming for the actual show. And Ken, black he's guy got is, some stuff. What'd you say? A black guy's gonna be on the show. Spoiler yeah, alert. we are gonna have a black guy on the show. That's a thing. Yep. So I don't know if we're racist or not for just like saying we're gonna have a black guy on the show. Like I don't know that that may count. I don't know. I'm sure there's some sensitive liberal somewhere that's like quite, they no, 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 no. Black it's, quite, guy. it's quite the opposite man you should get excited about minorities in tech mm-hmm. yes absolutely but then there's always that one person i actually got in a twitter argument with somebody who was like 
it's just a person. It doesn't have to be a black person. And I was like, yeah, okay, jerk off, whatever. Anyways, um, uh, um, let me see. Uh, what do we got? To- Ken, you got stuff going on. Let the audience know. Oh, well, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, like I said, I just did that interview with Marcello. So check out my YouTube channel for that. And hopefully I'll be having some audio for the podcast from my YouTube channel. So I have some interviews I've done with, um, you know, people like Omar uh, Trevon, and uh, I have an upcoming interview with Ben from the P- BTC Sessions, uh, my Canadian buddy. So I'll be interviewing him next. Um, so I got some interviews lined up for my YouTube channel as well, and I'm pretty sure we're going to get the audio for them over here somehow, right? Yep. Hey, Ken, do that cool echo trick that you showed me yesterday. <laughs> what? Do the echo trick, the Amazon echo trick. Oh, Oh yeah. Um, Echo, open Bitcoin price. Family. Bitcoin is currently worth one thousand seven hundred eighty-four point two seven five zero U.S. dollars. Thank you. Damn. Ooh, I love that, her, but I don't know where she gets the price from. It's just like, yeah, I got so I got stuff like that coming <laughs> to my YouTube channel where I'm going to show people how to do like dumb things with apps and stuff, Bitcoin related. Mm-hmm. I have a couple random things I got in the works for Bitcoin YouTube videos and stuff Hold like up. that. That's so right. fucking cool. That's so Jetsons. Can you do it one more time? Just one more time. Echo. Open Bitcoin price. One Bitcoin is currently worth 1,782.9363 US dollars. I don't know why I talk to it like I'm a billionaire. You know what I mean? Like, I just <laughs> noticed that when I asked it, I just was like, it was like my butler or something. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> I speak to my, uh, I speak to my AI like very firmly. I saw that uh, that interview that well, you were interviewed, and I listened to it. You did a good job. Thank you. Yes, thank you. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, that was uh, Ben from the BTC Sessions. He actually interviewed me. That was uh, that was awesome. Actually, I was so nervous, but uh, thank you. I hope I did good. Well, that's the funny thing. He seemed more nervous than you. Yeah, he was saying he was newer to interviewing than I was. Like That's what I kind of jumped right into with my YouTube channel. I just wanted to talk mm-hmm. to people about Bitcoin. And telling them I had a YouTube channel kind of made them want to talk to me about it. So I was like, okay, cool. Come over. We'll record it. And um, he just made like, you know, opinion and how to videos. And now he's starting to dip his toe in an interview. So I was, I was a little bit more comfortable, I feel, but I was still nervous to be answering questions. I never had a Q and a before. Well, um, you know, that's, that's pretty much it. We, we got some exciting stuff coming down the pipeline for the rest of the month. Uh, Really excited. Um, if you got friends into Litecoin and they don't know, we interviewed Charlie Lee, put that interview in front of their face because that's a very smart man and he's, he's got a very good pulse on where this stuff is going. Um, on if Twitter, you know, we're, now you know, yeah, on Twitter, we're at the BTC podcast, tweet us, we'll tweet back. Um, if there's any guests you'd like to see come on the show, you should join our Slack. You go to the BitcoinPodcast.com, you click on the Slack link, you follow the steps, you get in the Slack. If you need to contact us about things, you get in the Slack. If you want to talk to Corey about jujitsu in the mountains, get in the Slack. If you want to talk to me about Wicked Awesome Marvel's Capcom 2 codes, like the Almost Infinite Storm uh, jump combo, get in the Slack. Right? Uh, if you want to talk to Cello about tattoo art because he's got wicked awesome sleeves that you wouldn't imagine for like it's, it's it kind of takes you out of nowhere it's like bam sleeves um what else cello vinyls what'd you say what'd you say uh, cello? you want to talk about zoe saldana oh yeah if you uh, want to talk uh, about girls. and weed uh join our slack uh, marijuana. No. <laughs> uh, we've got it in the episode now. We've if you want to talk about M Night Shyamalan coming to the Slack, if you want to talk about all things Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, um, please join the Slack. Um, well, let's we've got other things join the Slack can. and let's yeah, can yeah. Let's, let's talk about the movie uh, Unbreakable. Yeah, that's definitely. the topic this week. Coming that's to the actually, Slack actually one of the 100 greatest movies of all time okay play the outro
Family. Family. <laughs> that was awesome.
everybody. Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast, episode number 128. I'm your first host, Marcello. And I'm host number two, D. Can just jump in, bro. Oh, my bad. Let's go do that one more time. My bad. Fucking hell. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I'm waiting for you to like introduce me. I don't know what to do. Just hop that. in there, I'll man. You're part in. of the yeah, show. Just jump in. I got it. All right. In 10. <laughs> I'm going to put this at the beginning, at the end of the episode. All right. In 10.